Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute? When you're going through something, sometimes it helps to know that there is someone out there that understands you and what you're actually going through. It makes the healing journey a little easier. The creator of the I've Been That Girl social media community that currently has a growing number of followers and dearly known as girlfriends brings to you the Hey Girlfriend podcast. Tune in every Thursday to hear conversations that are honest, vulnerable, empathetic, and relatable hosted by author and mindset and intuitive coach Kendall D. These conversations are sure to empower you with more clarity and understanding about your own healing journey. Every episode will include Kendall sharing intimate parts of her personal healing journey, from surviving toxic relationships to healing trauma to unlearning old conditioning and thinking patterns. Consider yourself now having a friend by your side that just gets you. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome back to the Hey, Girlfriend podcast. I'm your host, mindset and intuitive coach, Kendall D., also, the creator of the I've Been There Girl page, if you didn't know, on Instagram. That's where I got my start at. So, today's episode, as you can tell from the title, is on mother wounds. Now, I did one week before last on daddy issues. And now it's time to do one on mother wounds. And you can call it mother issues, but it typically it's not known as that. For some reason, it's known as mother wounds, and then daddy issues are known as daddy issues. Although they both wound you, but y'all, I did some a little more research on mother wounds because although I'm going to tell you about my upbringing, tell you how to heal mother wounds, I'm going to share with you what mother wounds are. I'm going to share with you forgiving your mother if or making peace with the past. I'm going to share with you how to fix your relationships. I'm going to share all the juicy good stuff with it. And I feel a lot of us have mother wounds, men alike as well. Although this is for the ladies, but I'm just saying, you know, we all really have mother wounds one way or another. But I want to start by giving you a little information on mother wounds so you can have an idea of what it is and what this is going to be about because y'all this is a little deeper than you think for me at least when I was doing a little research on it because I always research my topics even though I go off the top of the dome and I go off what I know I do research to back up what I'm saying and I research to to help convey what I want to say so here's the definition for mother wound that I found, I believe it was on Psychology Today. Shoot, I lost where I found it at because I don't want to take credit for it, but this is what I found on the internet. The mother wound is an attachment trauma that creates a sense of confusion and devastation in the child's psyche. It instills deeply rooted beliefs that make the child feel unloved, abandoned, unworthy of care, and even fearful of expressing themselves and god damn if they ain't all of me or who I was or who I still am and just trying to be intentional not being that way but yeah I was reading it like well damn I knew I had mother wounds I didn't know they went that deep I didn't know it was the cause of all of that but y'all 
it is so much like daddy issues. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I understand why they call it daddy issues and mother wounds because your mother can wound you more so than your dad can. Your dad can wound you. Don't get me wrong, especially if he wasn't in the picture. That is a wound. But I feel the issues run deeper with the mother wounds because of the emotional connection that you get from your mother. I feel like that when it comes to dating for us women, we date men that are like our fathers or how we want our fathers to be. We date men according to debt for heterosexual women, of course. And maybe even gay women, not sure. You may want to find a woman that's like your dad. I'm not sure how that will go. That's something that y'all can think about if you're listening and you may um, be bi or gay. But as far as I'm talking about, this is for heterosexual women. So we date our fathers. We look for men like our fathers. And how we show up in the relationship is we get that from my mother. That comes from how our mother loved us, how the emotional connection was with her, how the attachment was. If it was a, however we would love during that time is how we learn to love others. That can be either an insecure attachment, avoiding attachment, um, insecure attachment, and um, what is, there's some others. I, you know, it, it basically tells you what attachment, it, not tells you, it conditions you for the attachment you're going to have forever, have for however you were loved by your mom. Like that is like. The deepest emotional connection. I mean, we come from our mother's wombs. And so, where the, I mean, it's deep. It's just deep. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's just deep. It's much deeper than a daddy issue. Daddy issues can be present for sure. And, and they can wound you. I can't reiterate that enough. I don't want anyone to feel like I'm taking away that you may have daddy wounds and it hurts. What I'm saying is the mother wound can cut deep if you didn't have that emotional connection. So... I want to move on and give some more thoughts on the mother wound and describe it for you in detail because I don't, I sound like I'm all over the place trying to describe it to you. I just know the shit is deep because I read about it on Psychology Today. I'm like, okay, I knew it was deep, but goddamn, against this podcast episode is going to get pretty deep. I can't say that. I know when I start talking about my shit, it's, it's going to get deep. So this is just light. But this definition, what I've read, is deep. So listen up to this. This is to help you to understand the mother wound. And it's from psychologytoday.com. It says, the best way to think of the mother wound is a loss or a lack of mothering. This is typically a deficit in the mother-daughter or mother-son relationships that is passed down to generations. And it is a reflection on how we experienced parenting and how we parent while not a specific diagnosis it is a way of looking at how current codependency behaviors may be linked to missing elements in the past let's see and then it goes on to say oh and this is really important here as well so the mother one doesn't have to come from if you were raised by an alcoholic drug addicted mothers and mothers who had mental health conditions either undiagnosed or untreated and may struggle into their own adulthood. This is not just having that type of mother. You can also be a child that was raised by a mother who did not um, have those challenges. However, they may have had challenges when it comes to connecting with you emotionally. 
let's see, it says these are mothers who may provide for the physical needs of the children and even interact with the children in a positive way, but simply do not provide the deep love and attention that all children require. They may not have been abusive or neglectful, and they may never have engaged in negativity in their relationships with the children, but they were also always distant and less tuned into the emotional needs of their children. Like, that shit is deep. And you know, I just want to jump in here real quick, and before I move on with the rest of the definition I want to read. Do you know how they always say, why does Mother's Day get all the love and shine? The fathers don't get the shine and this and that. Because the mother's care is the most important care. I don't care what anyone else says. It just is. Like, even me personally, I can recall growing up, uh, my dad was emotionally available, I, I guess in a sense, Sometimes it didn't feel genuine. As a kid, I've always been like an empath and been able to pick up on shit. As a kid, it always felt like it it always felt like it wasn't very genuine, although I took it in like, okay, that's I don't I didn't know how to understand what kind of love it was that he was given. Now that I'm older, if you listen to my podcast about my daddy issues, he was a narcissist even growing up. Like he had well, narcissistic tendencies. And what they do is, what kind of parents they become are the ones that try to make themselves look like the superhero, like the good guy, and the mom the bad guy. And so that's what basically it was. I could never put my finger on it and just know what it was growing up, but I knew something was off. However, that didn't affect me that much. Like, I don't think back on the way he loved and cared for me, even though he was in and out the house, even though he used to whoop my ass, we used to get whoopings, and my dad was the main one that did it. Actually, no, I'll take that back. My mom was the main one that whooped us all. My dad didn't. He did, but it's a, it was it, it it didn't affect me as deeply as the mother wound. I would say. So that's why I feel like mothers get all this shine because if you being a mother is hard. Like I'm not a mother, but just reading this, I'm like, God damn, everything is riding on the mother. Just. Being emotionally attuned and there, and it it has to be right, or the child can grow up and not and have all these issues that I just named. It's amazing, and not amazing. It's just like I knew it was deep, but damn. <laughs> but let me continue on with what psychology today says because this is some good stuff. I'm gonna get into all the good part and my part and all the stories and tell you how to heal and all that. I promise. But I want y'all to take this in real quick because when I was reading it, like, damn. Okay, okay. But here we go. Here are signs of their mother wound. Adults dealing with a mother wound often look back on their childhood and can identify issues such as never feeling. They had their mother's approval or acceptance, concerns about not being loved by their mother or not being loved as much as other siblings or family members, difficulties in relating to the mother on an emotional level, uncertainty about the relationship with the mother and if it could be lost with a mistake or an accident. Always trying to do better or to or to be perfect 
to attempt to gain your mother's attention and acceptance, feelings of having to protect, care for, or shelter your mother rather than her protecting, caring for, and sheltering you. These types of feelings throughout childhood reduce self-esteem, feelings of self-worth, and feelings of worthiness to have a positive relationship. Individuals with a mother wound always feel incomplete and lacking in their ability to connect with others while also having deeply rooted feelings about the need for perfection and control. As these are similar childhood factors to those linked to codependency, the presence of the mother wound, if not treated, can contribute to codependent patterns of relationships. Just take a moment, take that all in because shit, I told you it's deep. Like, wow. I just didn't know that. I did, but then I didn't. Reading about it just blew my mind because I'm like, it really pinpointed some things. I had a list of things I was going to say of what I feel like the mother wound is, but I'm like, I don't want to just go off of myself because mother wounds can affect everyone differently. Now, speaking of that, we're going to get into a little bit about my background and story. I've said a little bit of this on Instagram and a lot of people, a lot of people relate to it. So I'm going to say here because I see some of my mother in me, how she behaved in um, the relationship with my dad when they were married. I see a lot of how she was then in me now. And it's like, I'm trying my best to work through it. And I have been. So I want to talk about a lot of that because some of you may be, may be able to relate because as you know, I am, I have been that girl and I always talk about the girl I've been. And then I get into the part of the woman I am now and how I healed. So stick around for how I healed all this shit because I did and you can too. So for starters, I want to say that I realized a few years ago when I first published, when I published my first book, Toxic X Chronicles John, and my mom bought it and supported it. She's always been supportive. That's one thing I can say. She bought it and, you know, to support me and read all 500 and some pages. She read the whole thing. And a lot of it, I didn't want her to read. <laughs> if you read it, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, didn't, I, was, I was embarrassed. Like, I didn't expect you to read it from front to back. Mom, damn. I ain't want you knowing all that about me. But she loved it. And she was telling me how I could help other women. And she was telling me how she related to it. And I'm like, I don't know. I was not floored because I kind of knew it. But just to hear her say it and verbally admit it. We've joked about how my dad was a lot now. Because I'm old enough and I realized how he was. And I realized that how she treated me wasn't totally her fault. Like, it never is. But, you know... She's able to hold some parts of her, of what happened. She's she's holding herself accountable. I put it that way. But anyway, what made me realize when she told me all that is that you know what my mom's been that girl too. Like my mom was that girl. She she is she has the same story as me. It's very very identical, and it's like 
what I find happens is that mothers give birth to their wounds. Mothers give birth to their traumas if they haven't healed it, if they haven't, you know, did the work. Because think about it, if they weren't parented properly or the way they should have been, they're going to just basically parent the same way they know. And I really feel like when my mom and dad had me, I called myself once before like the peacemaker. And I feel like this, that was been my job from the get-go since I've been born. And what I mean by that is my dad always told me, even, this is how I know he had narcissistic tendencies. Even as a kid, I remember now, he always told me and my sisters, you know, I was going to leave your mom. We're, we're young now. We're like kids. I was going to leave your mom because your mom and the, and the way she acts and the way she do and this and that. I was going to leave her. But I just, but you know what happened? She ended up getting pregnant with you, Kendall. So I ended, we ended up staying together and trying and not getting a divorce. I don't know how true that is. I haven't thought to ask my mom that actually. I really forgot about it. I just remembered it now. But he always said this. I'm like, damn, you know, I realized as an adult that I am. I was born a peacemaker. And it was like, I guess they were hoping having me would somehow, like, solve their issues. Because it's like, if you're not fully aware of your issues and your traumas and what's going on with you, if you're not fully aware of it, then you can't help but give birth to it, if you get what I'm saying. And I realized that. And it's so, of course, you know, a child can't keep two people together. A child can't make someone heal. You know, none of that can. Parenthood can't, you know, change that. And so instead, it just ended up changing me and my sisters. And I just remember a lot of the times growing up feeling... Feeling unloved, feeling like the only worth I had was what I could do for her, which was keeping the house clean, doing whatever she says, doing good in school, um, just whatever. It was very conditional, very conditional. And I didn't have an emotional connection with her. Never heard I love you. Never got a hug. Never seen her cry. If I did, she would try to hide it. Like, I never seen her be vulnerable. Never seen her express herself. Never even seen love between her and my dad. Like, never. And all I saw was them, of course, arguing. Whenever they, I remember maybe three times seeing them be loving towards each other. And two of those times they were trying to hide it from us. Like they didn't want us to see their, them being loving. But they never tried to hide the arguments. It's like almost like they made it okay to have those anger and arguments and fights. Like that's okay to see. But we're going to hide how loving we are. We don't want you to see us kissing. We don't want you to see us being loving towards each other. 
you know, it's a twisted way of thinking, but I'm pretty sure they saw the same thing growing up, you know. And so the house was null and void of emotional connection. And I noticed that how they were affected how me and my sisters treated each other. We fought a lot as well. And I noticed a lot of the times they kind of like put up, put us against each other, but then expected us to not fight. And when I say they put us against each other, they would like, your sister is doing this, you could do that. And then the next day it'd be, oh, then they'll twist it around and say, well, and then like say, well, she doing this and you could do the same or yeah, your sister this and that. And we would that always. It wasn't like they picked a favorite. It's just like they always pointed out. They always compared us a lot, and and my mom compared me a lot to how she was growing up, how we were too fat, and how she was not fat growing up, and a lot of verbal abuse and and being my sister's fault. And they expected us to get along. Used to get mad at us. Like, come on. And it's the same with how she used to act like it was my fault that I was fat as a little girl. And I'm like, I'm not feeding myself. I'm not going to the grocery store buying the foods. You're feeding me. How? And it's like she made it my fault. And that stuck with me for a long time. I guess now I can get into the wounds that stuck with me. And so it can kind of help you understand where your wounds are and what's still sticking with you and what's still bothering you to this day in your adulthood because you may not understand it or realize it. But I'm going to get into all the things that I have now that carried from that. So for one, body issues because of how she talked about my body, how she made me feel about my weight, how she made me feel about myself and she made me very body conscious versus health conscious. And actually, you know, I'm going to talk about each thing and then talk about how I healed it. How about that? Yeah. I'm just, I just like letting y'all know what I'm about to do. I don't know why, but maybe it's ADHD thing, but excuse me, but that's how I'm going to do it. So <laughs> the body issues I carried over and I had that with me for a very 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 long time I really just started coming into my my body positivity era like maybe two years ago three you know not not very long ago not very many years and I'm getting better at it every day I, I realize but yeah yeah, for she made me feel so self-conscious of myself. I look back on my old pictures and I'm like, I was not fat. But she really made me believe that I was. And I was never really fat. I'm fat now, to be honest. I'm the biggest I've ever been in my life. But get this. I'm also the most confident I've ever been in my life. Like, I feel the best about myself. Because how I healed it was I basically, I had to do away with the programming she instilled in me. And I had to, and I started, the one thing I started telling myself was, okay, so you are fit, but so what? So what? 
who made it an issue? Not me. My mom made it an issue. Society sometimes makes it an issue. Not sometimes, they do make it an issue. But does it have to mean it's an issue with me? No. And I think sometimes we're afraid to get to that point because we're thinking like, well, everybody thinks the same as my mom. Or everybody thinks the same as society. No, everybody does not. There are some that do and there are some that don't. That's one thing I had to get out of my head is like, not everyone in the world is like my mom or, or thinks like that. I don't have to think like that about me. And so I started affirming myself. I started even walking around the house naked, getting used to actually seeing my body, looking at my body. I used to almost be too ashamed to look at it, like really look at it. Like I sleep naked, wake up, I use the bathroom naked, get up. I have these big mirrors in my bathroom, in my master bathroom. And I just look at my body. I stretch because I like how I look stretched out, like actually like my shape. And I admire it every single day. Like, and I affirm myself and I keep myself up. Like, I like looking good. I find clothes that flatter me, hairstyles that even flatter me. Just anything that makes me feel good about the way I look and the way I am. So I healed that by doing that. Another thing I took from my childhood that I brought over into my adulthood from my mom was the emotionally, emotional unavailability. And this one was was tricky for me because for a long time, I thought that I thought that being emotionally available what well, unavailable was right, if that makes sense. Like I said, I never felt any love growing up, never felt, never seen any of it, never, I love you, none of that. And so I didn't know how to express myself that way. And I remember I was, I cried a lot growing up. So she always called me a crybaby, always told me to shut up, always, she never really was there for how I felt and just always saying, oh, you just cry too much. Instead of trying to be there for me emotionally. And I healed that by realizing that she was wrong. I was right. It's okay for me to share my emotions. It's okay for me to show my emotions. It's okay for me to be vulnerable. It's okay for me to cry. It's okay for me to feel. It's okay for me to admit when something hurts. It's okay for me to show anyone around me my emotions. I'm not weak for that. I'm weak for not being that way. And she was weak for not being that way because she didn't know any other way to be but emotionally unavailable. And so I healed that by realizing she was wrong. And I was right. And that goes for a lot of things, actually, that I'm going to say today. But, and I realized I carried that emotional unavailability into my relationships. Like... That's how I showed up in relationships. But before in the toxic relationships, the way I showed up was trying to make someone love me. The codependency, you know, I didn't have any self-esteem, self-worth, or it was low. Trying to make someone love me, trying to make someone heal, trying to be someone's caretaker, trying to, you know... I was very conditional, you know, and because that's how my mom loved me. 
I always felt like I was trying to earn her love. So, of course, I'm going to go out into the world thinking that I have to earn love. I have to be of service. I have to, it's conditional. I have to show them that I'm worthy of their love. Because my mom didn't ever make me feel love. She made me feel like it was hard. I was hard to love or I had to earn it some kind of way. It wasn't just freely flowing to me or she was so up and down, emotionally unstable. One day she would act like she loved me. The next day it wouldn't. I never knew which mother I was going to get. And so I thought it was up to me to make sure I got the good mother that day. And so that's how I went into my relationships loving, you know, and... That's what that's I want to talk about that first and how we picked that up. So I seen her loving my dad that way, not only loving me that way, I seen it with my own eyes. I seen her upset when my dad wouldn't come home, upset when my when she found out my dad was cheating, all of that. And you know what she did? Made sure he still had a hot meal on the table, made sure the house was still taken care of. She didn't leave. She didn't do anything. She stayed and put up with it. And I thought, it's okay to put up with some things. My mom did. You know, that's what I seen. It's it's this ain't this ain't strange. It hurt me, but I thought it was right and it was okay. You know, and so I went into my relationships loving that way, trying to love someone into loving me. And then when I realized that didn't work and I healed from that, here comes me being in a healthy relationship. And here's emotional unavailability showing up in a different way. Because really, when you think about it, y'all, we're really emotionally unavailable when we end up in those codependent relationships. We just don't realize it. We think just because we are crying, begging, and pleading, and pouring our all into someone that we're emotionally available. But think about it. We're loving, we're trying to love an emotionally unavailable person, someone that's not showing their emotions. So we're trying to overcompensate by, you know, making them share their emotions. But our emotional unavailability is just hidden in those toxic relationships. We don't really realize that we have that issue. That is until we move on, heal, and get into a healthy relationship. Now it's time to love for real. Now it's time to try love a different way, a new way, and love someone differently. Love someone that's better for you. You know, you're healing. And you know now I got to have standards. I got to have boundaries. I got to know my worth. I got to pick better. You know, you know that now. But now you like, it's time to love and I don't know how. To actually love. So then you become. That's when your emotional unavailability, unavailability is showing its head. And I'm going to tell you how. It can show up as expecting your partner to be perfect. And what I mean by that is. You may nitpick. You may find everything wrong. Because you want someone to be perfect. So you feel like that. You don't want to be too open. You don't want to be too vulnerable. You don't want to be too transparent. You don't think that that's, that relationship has room for that because you're uncomfortable with that. And so when you're uncomfortable with getting deep with someone, you're on the, you're on the surface and you're expecting perfection. You know, that's what they mentioned in the psychology today that I read in the beginning of the show. And I'm like, that makes sense because... For a long time, when I was dating, you know, healthy and well, making better decisions for who I wanted to date, I realized that that was part of it. Like, I wanted perfection. I didn't know how to do the deep shit with someone. So, I finally started learning that that's what I wanted to do. 
and I've started dating more, but still, <laughs> my mother and how I saw love be between her and my dad and how she treated me and how love was between us, I noticed it coming up. Like, I was passive-aggressive, meaning I didn't know how to really express myself, express my needs. I didn't know how to let love really in. I knew how to give it, but to let it in and to be and become unguarded around someone and to be nurturing with someone. I knew I had it in me because I did it with my exes. I knew that. But it's like it's something about doing that with someone that deserves it that just makes it different when you're not used to doing that. Like I'm only I was only used to trying to make someone love me so I knew I was nurturing. But then to do it to someone that actually deserves it, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can do it, and I am doing it. But it's like it—I don't want to say it feels weird. It's just like you have—it's like a—it's different. And so, I became very vulnerable in my healthy, my first healthy relationship, which is my husband. Now, you do have to. There is a level of vulnerability that comes up being transparent. Because you have to be able to say how you feel, express how you feel. My mom, all she knew how to do was complain. Like, all the time. That's all I got from her. It was never, you know, any good things, any affirming things, just complaints. All the fucking time. And so, I didn't know how to be in a relationship because... That's how I saw her, you know, connect with us and my dad. And so I'm thinking, like, how do I do this shit? I, so I would break down and cry. I talked about this a little bit on my Sis Sometimes With a Problem podcast. Check it out. I would break down and cry. I would lash out. Fight or flight response kicked in. I was triggered like a motherfucker. <laughs> I would be passive-aggressive. Not really, and this is when it got in the deep, like in the trenches, like the vulnerability came out. And it's like I was fighting with it because I'm like, I don't know how to do this, but this is how I know to do it. And so that's all I knew how to be and how I knew how to do. And so I'm like, and I'm seeing the reaction in my man's face. And I'm just like, it's like I wanted to do right, but I didn't know how. Thank God he was patient with me and made space for me because I started becoming more self-aware and working on it. I don't know how exactly. I think I just, I don't know, something just in me just said this is not the right way to do it because I'm seeing the reaction I'm getting from someone that actually cares about me and loves me. It's I don't want to hurt them. And so what I did was I just started working on me. I started he earned my trust, so I started realizing I can just speak up and ask for what I need. Like, I think my mom feared that vulnerability of asking for what she needed and saying how she felt. So since she lacked that part of being vulnerable, she would instead be um, negative, instead lash out, complain, you know. And when you're someone's doing that to you, are you really receiving it? Do you want to hear that shit? No. I remember thinking all... I still have flashbacks of how she used to fuss and nag and complain all the damn time. And I'm like, just, ugh. Like, 
Oh, I have so many flashbacks. Just with doing chores around the house to have flashbacks because that's all she nagged and complained about all the fucking time. And it was just like, it was never, I could never make her happy enough. That's what I felt like as a child. And so, in return, I made, I in the beginning, I made my now husband feel that way. Unknowingly, unintentionally. But I realized how it was affecting him when it wasn't right. If something wasn't right. So I had to I'd think of a new way to communicate. And some just snapped at me. Like, why don't I just try to be my old self that I was as a child and be vulnerable? You know, I don't have to cry and pout like a baby when I'm not getting my needs met. But I can be like, hey, I really would like to spend more time with you. This is something I actually said. And I remember I was just like, stonewalling because I knew what I wanted but I was afraid to ask for it and he picked up on it and was like what's wrong and I was like I I would like to just spend more time with you and I think I was almost crying when I said it like I'm almost at the cry now because being that vulnerable and really speaking it out loud was scary because I I thought it was wrong to be that way. And I thought I wouldn't get my needs met. I mean, I saw my mom behave a different way. So can you imagine me having to go against the grain, so to speak, and behave a different way? And I'm like, it was scary. And it was like, it was just scary. It's scary. It was scary asking for what I needed. It just was. Like, and I remember just saying to him, like, I would like to spend more time with you, you know, I and I remember even sounding kind of nervous and I I think I was texting him and I was trying to get it out but I was nervous about it and I was just like I just you know I understand you'd be tired sometimes but and I see you hang out with you know so and so sometimes through the week I would like to see you through the week sometimes too and I remember saying it just like that and he changed not changed he listened and he did it and I'm like, this shit can really work. And I'm like, yeah, and I was like, something just opened up in me. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's like, maybe there was some shadow work because my inner child came out and was like, what? It, this shit works. Like, we can, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to ask what you need. Someone can actually hear you and give you what you need without you crying about it, being passive-aggressive, complaining, lashing out. So, yeah, it was like, I can really be that way. And you want to know something else that's funny? It's like, with my mom now, I think she's realized that she can be that way too. Maybe I've helped heal her because... I am there for her emotionally. I am. And I don't expect anyone else to do that with their mom. I'm not, this, it could be different, different strokes now. This is for me. I'll get into in a minute after this how you can work with your mom or how you hit, do more healing in this. But healing this area was basically just realizing I can do it different and that I was never wrong for how emotional I was. And so, I, like I was saying, you know, I'm emotional. I'm there for my mom, and she's so much more emotional now 
than she ever was. Like, I'm talking about crying. She don't really say, I love you, but she hugs. She wants you around. She talks calmly and nicely. I mean, she get mad. She get mad. That's different. She still fuss a lot. We're better at distant, but she's a lot different now. And I've realized this because I feel like I've held that space for her. And not to mention, she's no longer in a relationship with my narcissistic-ass dad. I've noticed that she started getting better and better throughout the years after that divorce. And after she stopped dealing with men that just hurt her. Because she got hurt multiple times after my dad's divorce but I mean and she, now she just rather be single and she's perfectly happy with that and I think it's because she never really learned how to be in a relationship or how to pick them correctly you know she and she's older now and some trauma she's just not gonna heal and I'm okay with that I've accepted that but yeah I'm emotionally available for my mom now I, I let her cry I let her express herself I listen to her. I affirm her. All the things that I needed. And it's like, I don't feel any kind of bitterness like, you didn't do it for me. Because I understand why she didn't. And I've made peace with why she didn't. I made peace with how she is. And plus, I've seen that she's held herself accountable for something she did to us. Something she just won't ever admit. And I've made peace with that as well. But a lot of things she has held herself accountable for. And you know what? She's there for me now. Like, she was always has had her good parts. She's always been supportive. That's one thing of my dreams, my big dreams. Well, my dad always doubted my big dreams. She's always been supportive. Always. So there's a lot of good things. And I encourage anyone with mother wounds to find the good things. Even if it's one or two things. Find the good memories and use that. That can help you do away with so much of the bitterness. And also understanding that, you know, you have to take the title off of your mother and realize that she had her own traumas and wounds that she had unhealed. And if you're up for it, you can make the space and help them through that. And I've done that. You know, not even really intentionally. It's just how I live my life, how I communicate, how I am now. It's like... Almost like I'm, I guess I'm alchemizing, not alkalizing, alchemy, alchemizing my surroundings, I guess, so to speak. Or, yeah, I think I'm using it right. I'm probably not, but moving on. So it's like I'm, I'm all the things I've healed myself. And so it's like I'm healing her because of how I am. Like, I never forget, like, with a little quick story before I move on to the next thing. It's quick, I promise. She was, she's terrified of planes. She went on her first plane ride here back in September to go to Chicago. Because, you know, I've always encouraged her, Mom, you know, live a little. You know, life is, you know, you, you only get one life. Live a little. I'm like, experience some things. So she, she got on the plane with my, mom, with my um older sister. And they flew. And she, leading up to it, y'all, she was, she would bust out crying to my how scared she is. And guess who was there to soothe her? Me. And even when she had her stroke, I was like year, like about two years ago, I was there to console her when she was half a crying spells, when she was down and out, 
or when she didn't, you know, I was just there emotionally. I never told her, shut up now, they crying now. Oh, okay, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't shut down, I didn't run away from her. I was just there emotionally to console her. And because that's who I am. And that's who I always have been. But she didn't appreciate she couldn't appreciate it when I was a kid. Because maybe she didn't know that part of herself. She didn't fully understand it. But she appreciated it now. But it's like I'm glad I'm back to me who I was as a kid. The emotional <laughs> Cry baby, vulnerable, like I'm getting vulnerable now. I'm back to who I was. And that's the core of who we are, girlfriends. It's like when we are kids, that's that's really who we are. And our parents shape us. And sometimes they can shape us in a way that's not really the best for us. And so that's what the shadow work comes in. Because what happens is that as a kid... To help you deal with those feelings, you have to, what you end up doing is like creating a survival persona, so to speak. You create somebody to survive the environment that you're in at that time in your life. Because as a child, you don't know how to be logical and think these feelings through like, okay, okay, this they're doing this because it is. You don't know that yet. So you just take it on this like, damn. I feel worthless, so now I got to make sure I protect myself and not feel worthless. I got to do what I got to do to make her love me. I got to, you know, we start picking up that kind of persona. I got to be perfect so she can love me. I got to do right. I got to do this. And I can't cry because she doesn't like that. I'm a crybaby. All of that. And so it's like the real you gets tucked away in the shadows. It's not like the bad you. It's the real you. That's that's what shadow work is. It's digging out the real you. I want y'all to know that it's just something I just jump in. I may do something more on shadow work. But this is shadow work right now, what we're doing. Excuse me, I had to do that because I've been crying. <laughs> and I said I'm going to get emotional. I told myself that. I was like, I'm going to get emotional. I'm healed. But that's just who I am. Even Healed or not, I am a vulnerable feeling person. And I'm so glad to be back at this. Because it was doing a disservice to myself not being at this place. And so I had to unlearn that and unlearn what my mom taught me and realized that it was her trauma making her that way. That wasn't the right way to be. And so now I'm this way and I've healed into that by realizing just how better my life is being so vulnerable. I remember crying in front of my friends for the first time and how open they was and how deep our connection got off of that. And I remember being that being vulnerable with my husband and how you know, that deepened the connection. Um, even with my mom now, our connection is deeper because of it. It's just like you're doing a disservice to yourself if you're still trying to be with these walls up. Instead, what helps you to navigate the world and be your true vulnerable self is having boundaries and having discernment as well. Because, yeah, it's true. And not ever. I don't want to say not everyone deserves it because your vulnerability is yours. But... You know, just be yourself and know that not everyone is on that level yet. And it's okay. And so, but yeah, moving on. What else did I bring from my childhood into my adulthood? The self-worth. Um, feelings of low self-worth, definitely. And healing through that is still... 
a journey because I'm I'm trying to learn to have unconditional worth. Because I feel like unconditional worth is what real self-worth is. Because no matter what the outside world is going on, you your inner you has to know your worth always. Because life will be life and around you, you got to know your worth. But for me, what helped me with that was really just doing the damn thing, so to speak. Like, building my confidence. And confidence is not going to come from you not doing. It's not going to be you just sitting around moping about it. You have to just sometimes do it scared, like, or do it and just try because you want something different for yourself. You want a different life. And so that's how I built my self-worth because I didn't really have it, you know, growing up because of how the connection was with my mom, of course. But as an adult, I realized how much I needed it because I didn't like the relationships I was getting in. I didn't like... um how I was going through life and how I was holding back. And so I had to just like, even with me doing this right now, this podcast and doing my brand, my app in that girl and Hey girlfriend podcast, all of this, doing all of this took me just trying and stepping out, doing a little more and a little more and building my confidence. And it made me feel more self-worth for myself. So I encourage you to just kind of start doing things. Don't really, you can't really think about the feelings around it or anything like that. It's just like, tell yourself, I want something better for myself. So I'm going to try this. I'm going to try a little more. And you know, you try a little more. It's like you pick your head out. It's like, think about like Bambi set up on its legs. Like, okay, I can do it a little bit. Try a little bit. Try a little bit. And you build it. It's built. And so that's how I built myself worth for I'm not really having any. Um... Something else, it's just so much, y'all. I'll I be trying not to make these too long, but it's just so much. So, something else I want to mention is that I also had this thing of, like, I don't want to end up like my mom. <laughs> that is totally the wrong thought to have because you're going to end up like her anyway. And it's like, Instead of you creating your own self from your own self and your own persona and who you are, you're you're almost like comparing yourself to your mom and trying to be so different when really your mom don't even really know fully who she is and her traumas and wounds and all of that shit. And so it's like you can't use that. But I did. And that's also why I think I stayed in relationships for so long because I'm like, I don't want to be bitter and mad at men like my mom. She don't seem to believe in love. She always saying, you don't need a man for nothing. You don't need a man for shit. Don't depend on no man. This and that. And I'm like, uh-uh. I'm not going to be like that. Because <laughs> I, I didn't like how bitter it came. I knew it came from a bitter place. And sometimes it can be the exact opposite. And you may end up going out there having the same attitude that I don't need no man but your mom telling you that and how she view men is how you're going to view men as well and how you're going to find yourself in certain relationships so I found myself in relationships like my parents marriage but I also had the attitude of I'm going to stick it out make it work because I don't want to be alone and bitter and mad at men like my mom and so with that attitude, of course, I stayed in shit I didn't need to be in. And you want to know what's so funny to me is that 
my mom used to talk so much shit about me and the men I dated. And why you want to be with this no good ass nigga taking care of a nigga and this and that? Why you uh, like if you read my book Toxic X Chronicles, like I was I really got down to the nitty gritty in there and I and I expressed how and I wrote exactly how my mom used to act and treat me and talk to me. And I would have loved for her to be loving and been like. Now, you know, this, you know, this is not the right man to date, this and, you know, something like that. I don't know exactly what she would have said, but something more loving than just talking so bad about me. And I remember one day, this was like after I think I got out of that and I was healing from there, but my sister was still kind of going through that. And I remember one day my mom was just complaining. I don't know why she want to be with that man. Why she put up with that? And I said, Mommy, why she put up with it? And I remember her face was just like, uh, she didn't say nothing. She was speechless. And I stopped her in her tracks. And I was just like, something hit me like, we, Mama, you stayed. We watched you stay. And her excuse is always, but your daddy paid the bills at least. Mama, we <laughs> did not see that. We're kids. We're not thinking, oh, he's a provider. He's paying the bills. And so, that you know, we didn't see that part of it. We just saw you stand. We didn't know why you were staying. We just saw you stay with someone that was mistreating you and abusing you. And so we didn't see that part. So, yeah, the men we ended up with may have not been able to provide for us or take care of us. But we stayed because we saw you stay. Simple as that. And it's like... And you see how it can be so contradictory how she was. She would all I think she picked up I don't need no man for none, depending on I ain't depending on nigga for none. Because maybe after she had been hurt from depending on my dad, maybe. I don't know. But it's like, yeah. There's never really any real healing with her. It's just more so like survival mode. Like, okay, whatever. You know, no changing or anything. But, you know, I see some healing because I kinda, you know, of how I am and how I communicate and talk to her and the things I bring up for her, maybe it is healing because we talk about my dad a lot. We talk about how she was, she was, I think she was really, really mean to us because of the relationship she was in. Because one thing that helped me to understand what she had gone through with my dad was me going through the exact same thing. And I was like, damn, is this how she felt? Can I, I couldn't imagine having kids. And being angry at my partner every day, all day, fighting all day, every day, feeling worthless, feeling unlovable, not getting what I need, feeling all this disdain. And I got to raise some fucking kids too? I couldn't imagine. And so that's one thing that helped me to make peace with that because I went through it. And I realized that she may never ever say it. And she may not be vulnerable enough to share that and say that, but... She really did love my dad. And she really was hurt by that. She never really said that. But I can only imagine she was really hurt by that. And I read some letters that she wrote to my dad once before her expressing how much she loved him. I think my dad, well I know my dad, love bombed the shit out of my mom. Like my dad is a love bomber for sure. He does that because that's how he gets in. You know, that's how they always get in. And I remember reading those letters like, that was y'all? I never would have thought that y'all expressed love like that. 
because I'd never seen it. But all I seen was the argument and shit. So that's how I knew that she was hurt when that went south. Because she even said to this day, I would still be married to your dad. And she would have never got a divorce. I think because she said she didn't believe in divorce. I don't know. Some bullshit. But, yeah. So, seeing how she loved is how I learned to love others in relationships. And, yeah. All of that really matters. So, I guess to, like, round this up. To heal the mother wound, what it really takes is the things I said before. It's like reversing it and realizing and going back is your higher self now. Going back to your childhood, revisiting some things and looking at them from a more logical standpoint. Because you're not the kid anymore looking at it. You can be the adult self looking at it and realize Okay, that was wrong. I see she acted that way because of her own upbringing. I was right to feel this way. I was right to have boundaries. I was right to have feelings. You know, you go back and you and you just revisit it with that, with that, with your higher self. And as far as when it comes to the loving part, because that's one big thing that we get from that. And I think a lot of times we don't know how to love in a healthy relationship because we never experienced that. And so how you start that if you really want love is that you realize that you can have that. You can. First of all, you realize that you deserve it. But you have to realize that you have to have boundaries. You have to pick differently. And you can be vulnerable with someone. You can be loving towards someone. It is okay to open up. You you owe it to yourself to do that. You owe it to yourself to honor those parts of yourself. So that you can thrive happily and peacefully in a relationship. Now I admit there may be some struggles in the beginning of your first healthy relationship or trying to be loving and trying to be vulnerable and trying to be open. There may be some struggles, but those are not your people then. If someone can't accept you being vulnerable and open, if someone can't return it, if someone betrays betrays all of that, you're never wrong for, for being that way and letting love in and wanting to have love. You're not wrong for that. It's just sometimes people are not ready for that. As you can see that you at one time wasn't ready for that. And not everybody is on the same but in the same place in their healing journey as you are. And so you just have to understand the feelings that your inner child felt. And you go back by doing it with your higher self. You go back and you console the inner child. You help the inner child. And that right there alone can make you vulnerable and loving. Like I promise you, it's so healing. When you can really, almost like you're a parent to yourself. That's what it is. You're remothering yourself. You're, that's what you do. That's exactly what it is to heal that mother wound. Just remother yourself. And you just go back and console yourself the way you need it. And even now when things go south or go wrong, console yourself the way you need it. What did you need? Not what you got. What did you need? And so that's how I started doing. Consoling myself. Being there for myself. Crying. Being vulnerable. Being open. Um, telling myself it was okay to have these feelings 
And just getting to that deep connection with myself allowed me to have a deep connection with others. It made it more comfortable. I mean, I still had some things to work on. As I said before, I did. But it just even opened the door for me to be in that space of being vulnerable. That's what. That's really all you need. Like, I want to end with this because I want y'all to know this. I don't want you to think that you're so damaged beyond repair that you can't heal. And I don't want you to think that you're so damaged that you can't be in a healthy relationship. And that you can't get that because you're not fully healed yet. You can do as much as you can alone, on your own. But it all gets put to like the test in a relationship. And you may see a lot of your mother wounds come out. Even if you kind of worked on them. You may see a lot of your mother come out. And how you act and treat your partner. I see a lot of my mother come out and how I treat my partner. Like still. I stop myself and I'm like nope. Be loving. We can be loving. We can love. This is we can be loving. You know it's almost like I remind myself. When I complain like no. Is it a big of a deal to complain about? It's not. You can be loving. It's like I have to remind myself. I am a loving person, but sometimes I can be like, you know, like her. <laughs> it's just like a mix of the two in me. And so you have to remind yourself, like, no, let's be open. Let's be vulnerable. Let's say how I feel. Let's And, and it's much, much, much better. And so I want you to know that. With the right partner, you will heal in relationship. You will heal more. You will see a lot of your mother come out. But you can be intentional about working on it and pointing it out. There is someone that will make space for you. There is. As long as you are vulnerable enough to be open. As long as you are able to hold yourself accountable. Self-aware. And ready to work on you. And trying to work on you. And because we all got trauma, y'all. We all do. I have actually talked about that on my um, Patreon. I talk about um, how we all have trauma and going into relationships. Y'all should check it out. It's a lot of good bonus content. I have hundreds of episodes on there. And so I may do a bonus one for mothers. But I know for sure I'm putting up one this week. Um, it may be already up by the time you hear this, actually. That's about how we all have trauma and how we all don't have to be perfectly healed and how, you know, we all got wounds, and but we all still deserve love, you know? And so that's what I had to realize. But getting deep with myself was the best gift to myself. Was the best gift. Like, getting deep with that shit and, you know, undoing all the past hurt Going back to my inner child, consoling my inner child, and learning to validate myself and how to love myself. Like, that gave me a better, that made me more emotional. That gave me a better picture of the world, so to speak. And how, you know, I don't know, it just helped me, it just gave me a sense of peace and helped me to let go of so much hurt from the past because when you are holding on to hurt whether you know it or not that you're holding on to when you're still in that place it can make you you know guard it and it can make you put your wall up it can make you not open for love especially of course if you know well that's where it comes from you know your your mother one that's your mother one basically you you are afraid to be open and emotional because you never really had that you didn't have the emotional connection 
And like I said, I just want to say this part as well again to make sure I reiterate. It don't have to be as painful as my childhood, but it's not only what you, what your parents did to you, it's what they did not do, what you needed. And a lot of people I see are emotionally unavailable in the sense of looking for perfection and wanting perfection and thinking that they're perfect. And when you view yourself as I have to be perfect, I can't be flawed, that does a disservice to you because that means you can't be vulnerable and open enough to have an open relationship and really get to know someone and really have a deep connection with someone because deep connections are not perfect. And that's like sending a signal to yourself, oh my God, I'm not perfect. I, you know, I got to keep this persona up like, no, I'm fine. And no, I'm this. And, you know, keeping that, that composure up too much. And that's not for real. You know, that's not going to get you that deep connection you're looking for, that vulnerability you're looking for, some, looking for with someone. That's going to basically get you surface level relationships that don't last where you don't feel good in the relationship, where you feel like you're not connecting. And, yeah, so that's one thing I'd make sure I wanted to reiterate again because I'm trying to make this for everyone listening, for all my girlfriends that may have mother wounds. Yeah, because a lot of our mothers were abusive, but some of them weren't really abusive, but the perfectionism part came in right there. But... I feel like that's all I got. Oh, real quick, forgiving your mom, y'all. If you feel like you can, do you can do so. I forgive my mom. I felt like I was able to. But if you feel like you can't, you don't have to. You can just make peace with it. Forgiveness is a choice. You can make peace with the place your mother has in your life, you can make peace with that she will never accept you. You can make peace with that she will never change. You can make peace with that she is who she is. You can make peace with that she just can't be there for you. You can make peace with that she can't just be emotionally available for you. You can make peace with that she just is who she is. And you're not that same little girl anymore that needs... Well, I don't want to say you're not that same little girl that needs her mom. You're not the same little girl that can that has to allow yourself to keep being hurt by your mom. I put it that way. Now that you are an adult, you can make the decision for yourself. Like, I tried. I see this is not going to work. I'm not allowing you to continue to hurt me, so I have to remove myself. Like, you actually can escape now. And when you escape, that's when you start to make peace with things. That's when things become clearer because you're no longer... In that inner child, in that childlike state and place. Because the mother wounds can bring out that wounded inner child a lot of the times. And not just your mother. Of course, everybody in the world that, that triggers you can bring it out. But I'm saying, like, with the forgiveness part of your mother, if, if you're around her and you feel like you're still that young child around her, you may not, you may not be able to go around her as much. And you may need to cut ties. And I know that hurts. I know that part hurts. Like, trust me, I didn't want to have to cut ties with my dad. But I had to. But if you had to cut ties with a parent, I know it's not the thing that you want to. But for your 
best self, for you to live a better, healthier life, for you to be at peace, for you to not keep, you know, going around someone that makes you feel that way. It's just like with anyone, you know, we're, we're taking the title of the mother off now if, if it's like that. It's just like with anyone else in the world that was making you feel a way, making you feel, you know, so not at peace, making you feel so worthless or making you feel so much disdain or anger or hurt or any any feeling that's not good making you feel all those things when you're around them you deserve peace and you deserve to say I can't you know be around you as much if this is how it's going to be you don't have to directly say that but you can make the choice that you have to live your life without her being in it so much because that's who she's going to be and sometimes we can accept our mother's and we can still have limited access to them. So it just really depends. Like with my mom, I've accepted her and she's changed a lot and grew a lot. And we talk on the phone a lot. And she is like my best friend now. She is like there for me. And it's like we get along just fine now. But I can never live with her. I can never be on the same roof. I can never be around her too long. And even now, like the adult me, I've realized that I can converse with her with using the adult me not the inner child me so that means anytime she says or does something that I don't like boundaries I don't like when you say that you don't have to talk about my weight we're not talking about my weight today we're not doing that today I don't agree with that I'm gonna have to leave but that's how you're gonna talk to me you know I'm saying you can talk to her like an adult that's something I want you to realize and she may find it disrespectful. She may find you being rude, mean, disloyal, all of that. But that's because she still has her own trauma. But you, you're the healed adult self. You can now speak to her like an adult. You're not a child anymore. And you can now live your life as an adult. And not and she ain't going to check you because you're an adult now. What's she going to whoop you? You know, what? what is she going to do? That's how I started looking at it. It's like... And she respects the boundaries. And when I speak up, I don't want to say respect, but she, it like makes her like pipe down a little bit. And she's like, well, well, <laughs> or <laughs> whatnot. And it's not really often I do it, but when I, when I, I speak up now, when I don't like something she's doing and I do it with like confidence because I'm like, I'm not that same little girl anymore. You're not going to talk to me like that. And she doesn't anymore because I don't allow it. And it's very rare. She may get on my weight every now and then or other or my sister's weight. I don't even let her get on theirs. I said, we're not going to talk about people's weight, especially when you had your own health issues. So it don't matter about somebody's weight. How's your health? We didn't have strokes. And I, I get like that where sometimes you have to be really like in like honest because sometimes they be in their own little trauma and world and talking and talking and saying shit like, hold up, you know. We're not little kids anymore. And you can do it in a respectful way. I'm not saying you got to be talking crazy to your mom. But you know what I'm saying, y'all. Come on. You know how to do it. Okay. But that's one major point that I forgot to make. I almost left it out. But yes. Like, live like your adult self around her. And even when you're not around her. Like, in my home, I realized that I can now set my own standards and do things my way. Not the way that she said because now of her standards are mine and they don't have to be 
And I'm okay with that. Like, I don't do the dishes before I go to bed at night. The kitchen sometimes gets cleaned up when it gets cleaned up. The garbage is not taken out every day. CJ takes it out now. My husband takes it out. But that's, that can wait. Clothes, they will sit in the hamper and the dryer. They sure will. My mom would never allow that. The floor is not vacuumed every day or every week. She used to want us to run it down there every other day. And I do things my way. I'm in my house and I'm at peace. Like, I can open up more than one box of fucking cereal. I can't. Like, sometimes I catch myself. Like, one time, it was two syrups I had. It was a new syrup I bought for my um, waffles. And I wanted to try it. Now, this one is good. I said, but this syrup ain't done yet. I'm like, I can open up another fucking syrup bottle if I want to. <laughs> Crack that shit open. <laughs> and I felt so good. Because I had to, like, sometimes I have those flashbacks. Like, oh, wait. Can't do that. But I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm the adult now. And so, ultimately, that's what... Healing the the mother wound is also, it's the emotional part and being emotionally in tune and connected with yourself and being vulnerable with yourself and emotionally unavailable to yourself and emotionally available to yourself first so that you can have the deeper connections with everyone else. It's being open and vulnerable and, and knowing that you can do that and it's okay. And it's also the part of realizing that you are an adult now, you're not the inner wounded child anymore and that you can run your life how you see fit. That's also very healing. I forgot that almost. That was so, so healing for me. Like, and I think sometimes I would get in my depressive state or mode when I had so much shit to be done and I just didn't do any of it. It was being put off for so long. And I'm like, damn, I remember my mom made me feel like this. And I talked about this on my self-sabotage podcast as well about how I self-sabotage because I don't have good feelings around the things I need to do for myself. I don't have good feelings around self-care. I don't even have good feelings around showering because that was a headache and a hassle with my mom. I think because I had eczema or, and, and so I had to shower every other day. And I don't remember exactly why, but I know there's something there. I didn't have good feelings around it growing up. I can't remember what exactly. Maybe it's just trauma blocking it. But I know I didn't have good feelings around it. I don't have good feelings around keeping my house clean. None of that. And so I had to practice how to understand that I can put it off to when I feel like it. And also understand that I can implement something I like with it. Like I listen to music while I do the things I have to do. So that's another way that's very, very healing for me. And I think that's all, really. And that's really how it heals. And I want you to know one more thing is that this healing of the mother one, y'all, is not going to quickly happen. It's not something that you're just going to just do one day. I really feel like I'll be doing this healing journey for the rest of my life. When not, I mean, I've come a long way, but like I always say, life be life in. And so with life, life, and shit coming up, you may find yourself getting re-triggered, re-wounded, or being remembered. Like, I just talked about the syrup bottles a minute ago, and how that was a little a little small trigger to where I was almost like, oh, I can't open up another syrup bottle. I said, like, yes, I can. I'm grown. I can do that. What's the big deal? What is the big problem? And it's not a big problem. My mom made everything a big problem, a big issue. A lot of things are not that big of an issue. But when you are emotionally unavailable, everything is a fucking issue because you can't be emotionally there so everything's an issue you're mad all the time because that's the only emotion you know how to show and feel comfortable showing you know so yeah but just take your time with this y'all take take your time um i think that's all i got for this show i will say 
that you will, um, I will probably, well, I am going to post some bonus on my Patreon. Definitely check it out. It won't be exactly on mother wounds, but it will be about traumas. Because I want y'all to know after hearing all this and you're like, damn, I got a lot of trauma. Everybody does. Everybody does. Everybody has trauma. Everybody. There's not one person on this earth that doesn't have some type of trauma. And so what are we all going to do? Just not have relationships and not love? No. I want you to know that you can have the love that you want and you do still deserve it. And you're not damaged beyond repair. And so I had I recorded a bonus content that's going to go on my Patreon already talking about that. And I love it because it's talking so passionately about it. And yeah, that's going to be up. So check that out. Um, just five dollars a month to hear my all my bonus content, and also I do one on one mindset and tools to coaching. Because so as you can see, I've healed a lot of shit, and I've learned a lot of shit along the way. And I love helping everyone else like have that light bulb moment and just like, wow, you know what? That's it. That's me. I can do that. Or wow, you know what? That was my story. You know, I just love helping people through their shit as well because I know how rewarding it is, and I know how it feels to feel that light weight have you know have that heavy weight lifted off of you so i do one-on-one coaching and um check me out on instagram as well as as well the link is in the description appinthegirl.net is the website that leads you to everything actually appinthegirl.net leads you to i've been that girl.net leads you to everything my patreon all my social media pages my books I got books available, more books on the way. I have an email subscription. Everything's on there. Check it out. So that's all I got for this podcast episode. Girlfriends, until the next one, peace out.